These are dangerous times. Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. The myths are real. Yeah. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. I keep reaching for greatness because I'm built from it. Bows to who? Nobody gonna stop me. Kong bows to no one. Welcome back to the one and only Minorities Report Film Podcast, the review edition. And this is your monstrous, colorful perspective into Godzilla vs. Kong. Your favorite minorities are back. We are here. We are reporting for duty. My name is Raul. And here with me, I got my boy, Mo Shama. Hello, everyone. And also, Drizzy Dre. Sup. And today we have a special guest coming all the way from the internet. I'm so happy he was able to make uh, this journey. Um, he is half of the Mike, Mike, and Oscar podcast. Give it up for also Mike. Mike, welcome to Minorities Report. Thanks for having me, man. Really happy to be here. What's up, sir? Thank you for coming on. How are you? How's your week been? How's things been over there on uh, on on Mike, Mike, and Oscar? Well, and Oscar season is uh, is going. I mean, we're we're gonna we're gonna vote Nomadland in for the win, most likely. So, uh-huh. you know, that's that's happening. Uh, it's looking like, but uh, there's still a lot of fun races. We're still uh, talking Oscar betting, and you know, we got stuff like the Snyder Cut to to review as well. So it's uh, I have been saying since I saw Nomadland. I agree with you. I think it has the highest chances of of taking the big award. I don't, I don't think it's going to dominate everything else, but I think it's it's going to pull off spotlight. I feel like um, where it's gonna it's gonna pull that big one off. Um, I agree. Like every time I see uh, Chloe Zhao like uh, smiling and receiving an award, like it just makes me happy. It makes me feel that like uh, things can be done. You know, like uh, watching her, like seeing. Um, 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 the way she's thinking about making movies, the way that she loves filmmaking, just like cares about how to deliver something she has in mind. That's the best thing about it. And and she's accomplishing that, achieving that. Yeah, she's winning every uh, acceptance speech right now. She's raising her coffee cup. I mean, she's crushing the virtual awards, uh, the van. She's taking the van out on the road to the premieres, the, the drive-ins. And, and yeah, Frances McDormand doesn't hurt either. I mean total movie star so she's so cute so, she's so cute yeah she see, she really seems like a lovely person to meet I, I would be down i'd be down to meet her she seems really uh really nice and friendly totally yeah it's it's busy you know mike one's having some issues but uh he's uh he's he's gonna be back in the saddle pretty soon and i try to use as many horse metaphors with him as i can because he hates <laughs> horse movies but yeah I'm, i miss him a little bit but i'm really glad you guys invited me uh over and uh i can talk to to, to you guys about a a cool ass monster movie which i grew up on so this is fun sweet well uh we are excited for him to get back on the saddle uh because we one day we're hoping to bring him on as well both of you guys it's gonna be great it's gonna be fun but uh but hey right now we're here for this monster movie which i was so happy to hear that you grew up with, uh, I did not. I grew up with Scarface. That was my uh, childhood movie, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> so. Uh, but we're gonna get into it. It's gonna be good. But before we do, make sure you give the show a follow at M Report Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe 
to the website for any and all new content. That's mreportpod.com. And we do have a Facebook page, Minority Report Film. Uh, today on the report, like I said, we're doing the non-spoiler review of Godzilla versus Kong. And then at some point halfway through, we will shift over to spoilers. So we will give a spoiler warning for those that haven't seen it, uh, can jump off and then come back and revisit. Um, but yeah, so first, our non-spoiler review of Godzilla versus Kong. The epic next chapter in the cinematic monsters verse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another, the fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong with humanity caught in the balance. Written by Eric Pearson and Max Bornstein, directed by Adam Wingard, starring Millie Bobby Brown, Alexander Skarsgård, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, Shun Oguri, and Damien Bashir. So, as we all know, this has been a big topic of conversation this year. Warner Brothers is releasing films in theaters and on HBO Max day and date. Uh, with theaters open up because people are getting vaccinated, really, I mean, let's be honest, just no longer caring. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> was it a wise move for them to be so hasty about announcing the year-long commitment? Um, or do you think they're now regretting that choice? I hope it was not a wise move in a way because I want movie theaters to flourish. I really do. But I, I've been on the record from the beginning. I do think the money works when you look at what Netflix has done, what Disney Plus has done. And to do a little macro level math here, unfortunately, I think that works. I mean, if you take the $15 subscription fee, monthly subscription fee, multiply that by just maybe 10 months to make the math easy – Multiply that by 20 million additional subscribers. That really is the only number it has to hit here, or it's, it's the minimum number that I, I calculated it has to hit. They can get to $3 billion, which is probably the combined production budgets for all these films. They can get to $3 billion with just 20 million new subs. So yeah. that math is, I'm sure, more complicated when you when you really factor in everything with the marketing and everything else with the subscription service, even though it's less overhead, but, and more profits for them. But I'm guessing this, they're, they're, they're already on their way because they added 11 million new subs heading to the quarter four of 2020. And that's not activations, that's new subscribers. So if they, if they got over that 20 million threshold after quarter one, which I'm guessing they will have done, then they're getting into Disney Plus and Netflix territory. So it was worth it to them kind of to create uh, their audience on the streaming surface. It was worth it to them to get into the streaming wars. Is it going to be worth it to them every year? I sure as hell hope not. And we, I sure that I, I hope that they put movies in theaters. Otherwise, the business is really going to have to change because movie money is going to be going much more towards streaming in that instance. I hope and I don't think that'll be the case, though. Exactly. Like the way they looked at it, they were still scared to do it with Wonder Woman and they didn't have any plans to release HBO in Europe and in, in North Africa and in, in Asia. And then suddenly after what they saw in Wonder Woman, they did a restructure in the first week of, uh, of January and they, they created new, uh, like six new jobs for vice presidents for, uh, for HBO and added like immediate access in Europe and in Asia and in North Africa. To add like uh, 7 million subscribers in two months. Incredible. Yeah, it's big money. So, 
But it they is. are still thinking like something related to Dune. Like there, there are rumors that they might be pushing the movie out of 2020, not to release it on HBO Max because of Legendary's problem. Like uh, it's not. Um, mm. But they, they, they were like they were back and forth be, between that to push Dune only out of 2021, not to be forced to release it on HBO Max. But um, with what's happening, especially with Tom and Jerry, like. Uh, $10 million more than what they expected the movie to do in theaters. $57 million, that was a lot for them. I think they need volume. And not to get into the whole conversation, I'm sure you guys, I know you guys have gotten into a bunch. But, you know, I don't necessarily know if they need their biggest tent poles. Maybe you need one to sell it. But if that makes sense. Like, Dune is a huge tent pole. It has billion-dollar potential, or at least, you know, three-quarters of a billion-dollar potential in theaters in a regular year. So that, that actually makes good sense that they would – think about maneuvering but yeah they did promise the whole slate so i don't know <laughs> it's cheating what you're saying yeah. is it's cheating you're being nice about it it you're cheating by taking my number two most anticipated film of this year which were which is my number two from last year too mm. and so it's frustrating and of course we have to mention your number one every time or because it's like it will be a great film in this summer in the heights in the heights exactly Come on, i'm so ready for this movie uh but it's cheating. Warner Brothers, you're moving Dune out of this year. It's cheating. And while I'm at the topic, hey, thanks, Warner Brothers, for sending us a screener. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it because now we get to talk about Kong, which is what we're really here to talk about. Uh, I think they so, were yeah. trying to push us away from talking about Justice League. They said, like, okay, let's give them um, the Godzilla versus Kong and like to make sure <laughs> don't they don't have time to record anything about the Snyder Cut, you know? I'm sure they know. That's a spoiler for another day. Uh, so let's get back into Kong. Well, Godzilla versus Kong. So this is the second installment in the Kong franchise, the third installment in the Godzilla franchise, right? The, the new franchises. Um, and the fourth in the MonsterVerse. I love how that worked out perfectly. Which did it better Mike, I'll let you start. Uh, you shared that you grew up with the classics. Mm -hmm. I guess, what were your expectations going into this one? And also, where do you rank them? Well, classics in air quotes, I guess you could say for many of them. I mean, the 60s and 70s movies are two people in suits and, you know, two mascots fighting. And it's I have hilarious. And anytime I use the word classics, <laughs> I have to put it in air quotes or I put it in quotes because um, I I think that word is misused so often. Mm. I mm. think people use that word to say good, right? Classics equals good to a lot of people or great. I would argue that the masses have control over what a word means mm. and it can change over time. So, yeah. Yeah. well, I mean, the 1933 King Kong, I mean, that, that is considered a classic when I was in school, that's considered a classic. Now, if you want to make a white film critic nervous, just talk, you know, have a conversation about King Kong for Christ's sake. But that, that movie did, you know, blaze trails in terms of VFX for certain. Uh, and I remember studying that back in school, but like these movies are big, dumb fun. That's what they're supposed to be right at the end of the day. And I think, uh, I think that was my expectation. That was my hope. I wanted anything but like Kyle Chandler's same sweaty face, making the same facial I don't hate expression. Hate on Kyle Chandler. No, but he's <laughs> oh, please, have all the right. Do listen, 
his cheeks are full from all of the scenery that he's been chewing up in these in, in the last movie and a half or whatever he's been in. Like I don't even remember right now. But so I, I don't know. I'm I'm a hypocrite. I recognize this and I say it as much on the Mike Mike and Oscar podcast. I have double standards and I can grow up with my four brothers and I can watch Son of Godzilla a hundred times with my third brother and I, I, I can forgive that. And I can I can say that I'm not expecting August Wilson or Jane Austen from that. But then, like, I'll watch a movie nominated for six Academy Awards and I can just rage about, you know, the trial of Chicago seven or any one of these movies, you know, for, I agree. For the nitpick. So, like, that's who I am and I recognize it. But I guess my expectations matter here. And I, we say it on MMO all the time. Expectations rule the day. So if you're expecting if you're expecting big, dumb fun and a movie delivers. I'm all about that. Yeah, like my mom was like saying the same thing. She watched the the movie earlier, and she said like it's a silly movie that we need. You know, like uh, it doesn't matter. Like uh, monster movies. Sometimes she criticized like a uh, uh, seven uh, Oscar contender. You know, like and say oh that's bad, that's good. But here you just like that's that's what you're expecting. That's what you're aiming for. Same for me, like with Barb and Star that we will keep mentioning. Yeah, we're not talking time. about this movie, Shama. <laughs> we're not. We're not trying I to slip love- that movie. I oh, see yeah. what you're trying to do there. We're not <laughs> slipping that movie. I'm in collecting here. Trish <laughs> Trish license, license plates from every state I go to now. <laughs> but if they Great. showed up in this movie, Barb and Star, I would have bought it because again, That's I'm what, not thinking we're not, that it's we're not, not doing this. <laughs> do, it, do it, Mike, do it. We're not doing this. What we are gonna do is Dre, you know, we want to go watch this movie. <laughs> and I turned to I turned to Dre and I was like, "Hey, have you seen the the second one?" She goes, "Wait, what do you mean?" And I go, well, "The second one." She goes, "I don't, I don't know. I, I, what did you say?" Oh. oh, she was like, "Is it the one that they go, Gojira?" Yeah, there's and like I go, a, but I didn't explain the scene well. I just said, "Oh, is there a man saying that?" And but I didn't explain. It was a man laying in a bed. Right. Kind of catatonic. Which is specific to the 98 over one. Again. All right. Spe- <laughs> yeah. So. Specific to the 98 one. So Peter then I Jackson. go, I go, you, mu- you, you must have seen it. So we start playing King of Monsters for her. Mm-hmm. And she's she's like, I don't understand what is going on. Are you yeah. sure there's not something that leads into this? I'm, I'm like, I even called Shama and I was like, Shama, we're supposed to be confused at the beginning of King of Monsters. He's like, yeah, absolutely. So then we start the movie. And then she's just like, Raul, I need to watch the trailer for the. The, the one before this because I'm confused. So I was like, all right. So then I play the trailer first. She's like, nope, I have not seen that. <laughs> I have not seen this movie. Oh, so you had to watch the 2014 before? Oh, I, yeah. I, I told you we did a trilogy. I thought you did Kong Skull, uh, Skull Island and then no, like, the monsters. See? And then she, no. had seen, she had oh, seen, I've seen that one. She's, she's seen Kong. I hope animal rights activists come after that movie. <laughs> that movie is horrible. I cannot believe how many animals yeah, they was, killed. I don't care if they look like monsters. They didn't do anything to you. That uh, that movie was extremely hard for me they to watch. I hate it. They're not real. They're not real. No, but the, real the mentality behind that kind of attitude mm. is real. And for mm-hmm. people to watch that, I hated it. It was ugly. I hate that movie. Anyway, oh, so. Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> if I was to order them. Tell me if this is the right, the first, the Godzilla, is that what it's called? Yep, that's, it's that's Godzilla. Number one, number one. The second one, what's that called? King of Monsters. Yeah, number two. Third one? King Kong, Godzilla and Kong. Yep, number three. <laughs> that Skull Island movie doesn't even exist. 
Oh, I love that. I love Tom Hiddleston <laughs> and Captain Marvel and Brie Larson. <laughs> wow. Ugh, that movie. I literally felt gross watching it. I feel like I block those out in my brain a little bit because I'm not a fan of any of the first three, to be honest. I, again, I you know, oh. maybe maybe this is just me like with the Oscar snob thing going on, or I think I'm 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 over these movies or whatever, but yeah, I was I, I was a big fan growing up, but the last three have been fun to look at, and I wasn't expecting to like this one, to be honest with you. But I tell you, I think uh I think I did like this one to kind of tease my review. The most? So I, I I gotta say, I think uh I think I was just able to shut my brain off. And I think this movie, you know, because Dre, you're talking about like the tone of that movie, and it's probably never cool to just, you know, rip apart animals even if it's cartoon animals i'm i'm an animal lover myself it but was I just guess- like why are you killing that animal mm. they didn't do anything what was it what what is did you say who was in that movie samuel jackson yes. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. i just was like why do you keep ordering these men to kill these animals they're not no, it's doing ridiculous. anything to you oh, <laughs> but this movie the same. yeah <laughs> But if 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 Kong is killing an animal in this movie, it's kind of, he's kind of provoked, I would say. And I just think, yeah. I feel like this movie it hit the right, to- it hit a tone that was tolerable for the cartoony violence. So I don't know. I guess no, I didn't I mind the violence in any three of the movies. It's specifically mm-hmm. the Skull Island one, mm-hmm. where these group of military guys literally just was taking out animals like blades of grass just because they were in the way. Like, they weren't attacking them. They yeah. weren't doing anything. I didn't mind if they were killing animals that were attacking them. But it was just like, oh, there's this creature that we've never seen before just grazing over here. I just shoot it. Like, I, I just I could not. I could not handle that. But I will say on another note, I was so surprised at how much representation was in the first one. In all of them. It was they all crazy. have a lot of representation. Yeah, a lot of diversity. But it, especially in the first one, it wasn't just like you, the side characters. They were intelligent representation. They were important representation, <laughs> which I really, I really appreciated and was surprised because it was in 2014. So I was surprised. Well, we've the been long, talking about dark days past <laughs> of 2014. Yeah, that's how this industry wow. has been. You're not wrong, but you're not wrong. That's the thing. You're not wrong, which uh-huh. is the scariest part of it. It's the scariest thing. I didn't see thing. my inclusion there. Did you see anybody from Arab uh, origins? <laughs> No, I'm joking. No. Asian, like uh, African-American, Hispanic, like, yeah, it was everything. Mm -hmm. So let's get, I guess we've kind of been touching on our general thoughts. Is there anything else anybody wants to add on their general thoughts? Mike, I'll start with you. Well, this plot gets stupid. <laughs> Let's be honest. This, I mean, as a general thought, this is, I mean, in spoilers, I'm probably going to rip this movie apart like a, a cartoon monster. However, again, my overwhelming general thought is that it's a movie about monster fights and it delivers like unimpeachable goods that I get to see these two monsters fight and it's gorgeous. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm curious about you guys. I mean, we all thank WB for giving us the screeners to watch it at home, but I, I want to see this in theaters. Do you guys want to see it in theaters? Oh, definitely. I'm watching it in Dolby. It, it, Dolby. It, it, like this, this movie, like the visual effects and the cinematography are phenomenal here. Like despite like what you mentioned about the plot, it has to be watched and seen on the big screen. I think I will watch it in Dolby and IMAX again, like 3D, like uh, several I, times. I, I watched the screener twice, um, and I and I think we all did. And I I 
I enjoy the film. You know, I have my my qualms with it, but like I I was never in pain. I haven't watched it. Like I was I was enjoying it again. Um, you know, uh, it, it 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 like you said, it's a lot of fun. Um, it delivers. I would argue that the reason I think the first one is the best one because it has is because it's not a movie about monster fighting. Yeah. Right. It's a drama. Yeah. That mm. has monster fighting yeah. in it. And so I, I want that Godzilla. The monster reveals alone are on another level. You're like, they're like playing magician. You're like looking over here at these explosions through a huge window. And then yeah. all of a sudden a foot just yeah. comes in. You're like, f- that like that. Like that. They shoot the massive. flares in the air and then they start coming down the flare, the flare. And all of a sudden you and see like Godzilla seeing, step in and you're just like, Whoa. all you're seeing is like a portion of his torso, like yeah. the magnitude that they were able to visually yeah. get you to see and realize like you're the size of an ant. <laughs> and I'm sure they were playing around. They were very cleverly playing around budget restrictions, I would imagine. But then the second one, they were just like all the money, just uh, <laughs> fighting in every scene, monsters, kaiju everywhere. There's that's gonna interesting. Be everywhere. It's really interesting how limitations can sometimes yeah. make a movie like come up to that next level. Like we have to think around and outside of the box for this. It doesn't always pay off, but I feel like it really paid off in the first one. Yeah, that's and right so, on though, because you have, I mean, you have the fourth film in a franchise here. So obviously we've, we've already been scared by the, the monsters the first time and the big reveals the first time. And unfortunately mm-hmm. they make us wait like a half hour, or 45 minutes for those reveals in the first movie. So that, that was a little tiresome to me, but I tell you, I, I think you're right on. That's what makes this franchise really cool all the way back. I mean, when, when you remember the 1954 Godzilla, you remember the people in the streets running from, you remember a whole city running from that Godzilla. When you remember the 1933 Kong, you remember his face in the window, right? Faye Ray's window sure. on the, her apartment. Sure. And it's just I that. I only remember that guy laying on a bed. I'm sorry. <laughs> the that's the only Yeah, that's 98. But, uh, but, you re- but we remember that this like horrifying fantasy put ourselves in that what if, and that's what's kind of, it, it is cool. And yeah, these movies don't always hit the, the tonal balance um, correct. I don't think any of them do, but uh, it really is a spectacle, though. It's a spectacle. And, and, like, and like I said, got to go see it in theaters. I can't wait to see this one in theaters. Uh, I'm with a lot of those sentiments. Shama, what are your general thoughts? I don't think you've really gotten into that a whole lot. I love the cinematography in this film. I love the visual effects. I love the coloring. Um, I, I love the music. Yeah, like uh, all these things together give me like uh, the formula, the the entertainment formula. Like it's an entertaining film. Um, delivered its purpose. Um, it's um, a commercial product that that would have done great in theaters, and I believe it will do great in the box office, and it will do very good on in, on HBO Max. Like um, I have high expectations for how the movie. And how how it will deliver what they intended the film to be, but I loved everything visually about it. But the plot, that's like we will dive deeply talking about this, and the dialogue. And I I echo with you guys are saying, uh, yes, visuals are great. Um, cinematography, I think the cinematography in all of them is solid. Um, and one thing that stands out, so I don't keep repeating what you guys are saying, is man, it has an awesome opening sequence mm. with. Kong, we without spoiling anything, you know, we like we have this like moment where we're seeing Kong, and then there's like this little twist right at the beginning, and you're like, oh, 
that's cool. Um, and I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And the second time I saw it, I, I, I had forgotten that it starts with that. And I was like, oh, man, this opening sequence is awesome. And it kind of lets us know where we're at, right, where we're at in the world. So it's 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 cool. And that's an accomplishment for a movie like this. It's predictable. You you know what's going to happen in a, in a grand scale. But it, it's also there's a ton of cool stuff along the way. There's a ton of the reveals along the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, as we dive into this film, um, you know, one thing I want to start with this time is performances, because if there's if there's one thing I've always been impressed, I mean, there's several things, but if there's one thing I've always been impressed with this franchise, this monster verse, it's the caliber of actors and performances all around. Um, you know, it's a throwing away the, the, the shade at Kyle Chandler. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, there've been some solid performances here. Um, you know, like in horror, A-list actors are not like, you know, lining up to, to be in monster movies, um, much less kaiju films. I feel like, um, am I wrong, Mike? I'll start with you. Am I, am I wrong about this? Well, I think, you know, Pacific Rim had a really fun cast and I think there's a history of big blockbuster movies attracting like people you wouldn't expect like these overqualified thespians in many ways like yes. overqualified and also, thespians and also <laughs> crazy villains in comedies actors eat that shit up they, they just want it they, i feel like it. they see it as a break mm. <laughs> well that's the thing like anthony hopkins shouldn't be in a mission impossible 2 movie and narrating but he is <laughs> and brian cranston probably shouldn't be in a godzilla movie but he is and yeah, they're they're having fun chewing scenery. Uh, some of them don't realize the movies they're in, but I will tell you, like I think Damien Bashir is having a blast in this movie, and I think oh, yeah, yeah, I, I he was my a standout for me. Brian Tyree Henry, you never see him being funny like no. he's funny in this movie. So like, there's some definite standouts in this one. Do I care if Peter Skarsgård or Rebecca Hall live or die? No. In fact, I'm probably rooting for them to die. Those, so those characters don't really work for me. Uh, I'll get into why in the spoilers. But uh, yeah, no, I'm voting Demi and Bashir president of these monster-filled United States of uh, oh the future. Gosh. No question. Oh, no oh question. Gosh. That, that I would believe be a dark, in a dark future, my goodness. You have to. You have to. So every, yeah, you, uh, we'll get there. Shama. I will echo what what you both said. Like um, um, Warner Brothers tend to bring big names from different franchises to to each of one, each one of the monster films to add weight to the marketing of the film. You know, like uh, we saw, like as as Mike said, like Brian Cranston. We saw uh, Brie Larson and uh, Tom Hiddleston in, uh, in in Kong. We we see like big names coming here. They love to see people that never collaborated together or di- or doing different roles than their usual performances. I, I, and it might be break for the actors. It's uh, it's big buck. Like they get uh, lots of money because um, they have percentage of the of the box office. And these movies tend to to do a lot over over half a billion. So it's it's a win win situation for everybody. But we're talking about like some overacting scenes in this film a lot. Like even Millie Bobby Brown, I loved her performance in King of Monsters uh, more than here. Like here, she's like she's joking, but in King of Monsters, oh my god! And the way they casted like Vera Farmiga and King of Monsters and Millie Bobby Brown was mainly because of the the success of her in The Conjuring and um, uh, Vera Farmiga and Stranger Things for Millie Bobby Brown. So it worked perfectly there. Here, I didn't like the teaming of Millie Bobby Brown with Julian Dennison. Uh, maybe because I was annoyed by him from Deadpool and the uh, Christmas Chronicles, but like. Um, 
seeing him on screen like was really uh, annoying me like um he's not putting any weight in acting um both of them together like uh, at the uh, very first scene when they were riding that minivan like every everywhere and all his lines are are so cheesy for me well i guess you just can't leave uh, a 16 year old girl alone with like a 40 year old guy for 90 minutes of the plot especially when she says there. something he did was romantic and in the next scene holds yeah. his hand no, they have really they, weird. Yeah, it's a little strange. It's it just it, it's a minefield that they're trying to avoid. So you have another kid there, even if he's superfluous. It's still mm-hmm. Tricky Baker from Hunt for the Wilder People. I'm okay with it, I, but I, that's why, right? I agree, but like they could have brought somebody else. Like his performance was like um, over so bad, like overacting, and um, like no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't enjoyable at all. Uh, but seeing Brian Tyree Henry like playing this uh, conspiracy theory podcast investigator and um, the amount of fun he was putting in, I enjoyed his character. Uh, Alex uh, Skarsgård's character like lacked a lot of depth like here, like prevented us from seeing good performance from him. Like watching him in Big Little Lies, um, he was amazing. In lots of things, he, he delivers good performances. Here, it was like um, it was okay. Uh, Rebecca Hall like was like another name to be added to the cast. With no like, it's 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 her performance was shallow, uh, monotonous. Uh, but my favorite was the little girl playing, um, like uh, Rebecca Hall's daughter. Kaylee like, Hoddle Kaylee. is so great. Um, I hope she gets a lot more. Um, and she, yes, I thought she was so awesome. But Desiree will say, I'm a total sucker for little girls He's in a movies. Sucker. Like, I'm just like, she's so adorable. Look at what she's like, it's just like, <laughs> like so all the time, yeah, yeah. And I will echo again, Damien Bashir, like he is phenomenal. I love this guy's performance. In Land this year, he was great. Here, he was great. Even in Chaos Walking, despite how the movie was horrendous, but his performance was still good as well. Don't you guys think maybe Stellan Skarsgård would have been more compelling? Like 70-year-old father of Peter trying to do all these action scenes, maybe than other than uh, action movie guy who's also supposed to be this like MIT published author scientist. I mean, I, I probably would have went there more so, but again, I'm not expecting him in a blockbuster, but if, if an old man had to do all the shit that his son had to do in this movie, maybe maybe that would have worked, but... I don't know. I like Alexander in this. I don't know. So you, oh, I keep calling him Peter. Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. There's <laughs> a know, lot of Sarsgaard. Lots of Sarsgaard. <laughs> I like Alexander in this. Right? Uh, he was okay. He had a slight, and I don't think it's his fault. Maybe it's just like my innate bias towards men that I've met that look like him. But he had like a creepy feel to him. And so I thought he was going to end up being a creepy guy well, at I some think, point I think, in I think the movie. I, I think you're projecting. I might be projecting. Big Little Lies. <laughs> it's like he's in Big Little Lies and. That might be what yes, it is. And, and yeah. it's like he's so <laughs> yeah, good in that show. Have you seen yeah. Big Little Lies, Mike? Yes, but should he be a him? Yep. Yeah, no, he's he's the he's the devil in Big Little Lies. But he's so should he be though. a himbo? Should he be a himbo and uh, you know a bat laureate or whatever uh, a, a scientist of his ilk? That's called it make range, Mike. That's called range. That's called range. Okay. And an actor should be doing everything. <laughs> That's called fake beards and sweaters. Is what it's called. And the way he shaved his beard, like it was confusing. It made me feel like, are we like, um, like is that like watching something that happened earlier or something? They, there was no like uh, transition. 
So I'm noticing beards. We had this conversation in the pre-production. You guys are impeccably groomed men. I have this big shaggy beard that I'm starting to grow. I noticed beards. I noticed that too. He had this ridiculous nonsense beard to start. <laughs> Scientist beard stuck so in a room funny. beard. And then he had this action movie chiseled, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger stubble for I the rest of the film. That. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did, I did not, not notice, notice that. that. <laughs> I noticed that they confused me, like at the beginning, what's going on, you know? And oh he looked, looked skinnier than usual. So, he, Guys, he looked like me to start the film, like me now to start the film, and then he looked like Mo to, to end it. He had he was going to have a meeting with Rebecca Hall, and he was like, I got to shave. And he shaved. We don't much. Just because it wasn't on screen. <laughs> well, actually, the truth is that the rule is if it doesn't happen on screen, it never happened. So, <laughs> so he should have acknowledged it. <laughs> Dre, what did you have to say about performances? Well, I agree with what Shama said about those three characters, especially, especially Millie. Millie was great in the previous film. And then in this one, it just kind of felt flat. But it kind of felt flat overall. So maybe it was a direction issue. Mm. Um but I want to talk about performances that were computer generated. <laughs> uh, and that is <laughs> Godzilla and Kong. Without spoilers, the way these two characters were depicted felt forced, especially from what we know about them in the previous films. They were definitely Ooh. getting the audience to feel a specific way about these characters. Oh, this is going to be a conversation definitely in the in the spoiler section. For yeah. sure. And so it really bothered me because it didn't feel natural. It felt yeah. like, oh, I know what this director's doing. He wants me to feel this it, type yeah. of way for this character and he wants me to feel this type of way it, for that character. You know you know you know when how you feel when you I feel like we all know what it feels like to be handled. Yes. And like our guard immediately goes up. You yep. know how you just like, wait, I think this person's trying to. I had to choose to not care. <laughs> and that's how I felt in this movie too. It's like you feel like you're being handled because they want you to feel a certain way, even though it's mm-hmm. not following the continuity yeah. of the previous films. I think in a, I think in a perfect world, like or at least structurally, when you when you lay out a screenplay like this, you are tempted to make. Kong like the protagonist, right? Or, or Godzilla the protagonist. And you can't do that because who's going to really react to Kong the way, you know, it, it's not going to pull it off in terms of catharsis. So I think you always have that audience surrogate. You always have people. It's better like in 2021 and it's not just a 40 year old white guy like we did in 98. Or, or like every uh-huh. other one of these movies uh-huh. Uh-huh. ever made. So <laughs> amen. But still, yeah, no, you're right. I think there's I, there's definitely a clash in terms of where the POV ought to lie, I think, in a story like this. I'd be curious to see somebody pull it off and still give you like the, the audience – relationship to what they're seeing on screen and still make them feel that way. But really we should be just, this should be Kong's movie, only Kong's movie. And, and, and in my opinion, in terms of the story, I will say the Kong that I saw here is the same Kong that I fell in love with in King Kong. There you go. I felt like like they were the same character. Hmm. So as much as I love him, she loves I, that movie. I, I love that movie. As much as I love that Kong, and I'm a sucker for Kong, <laughs> is it's just like, I, it felt like they pushed it too hard, and they did not need to. There was enough there to get you to feel some kind of a way, and plus he has a huge character arc. We learn so much about this character that doesn't talk. Like, we learn so much about him, and we didn't need that much forced 
in the first 20 minutes of the film. It was overkill for me. Boom. We're going to get into that definitely, though, in, uh, in the spoiler section. Uh, but now we're going to get into the technicals. Uh, kaiju fighting, explosions, cities leveled to the ground. Godzilla So saying, many cities. <laughs> Godzilla, so many cities. Godzilla standing on the top of a mountain saying, are you entertained? Like, that is... <laughs> He was doing everything. Uh, were we entertained? And uh, were the visuals as strong as they should have been? For me, I'm I'm all over it. I I love it. I'm a sucker for it. It I, I understand it's CGI. Like it's not like that sure. realism that makes me kind of feel like I gotta nitpick a hundred thousand things. Even though I, I will, it's not as it. bad as. King Ghidorah in uh, in King of Monsters, which I think he looked horrendous in that movie. Yeah. But in this one, it looks better. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, um, I'm, I get enough of those POV shots, like we, we were talking before, where, you know, you get that low angle and you're looking up through the buildings or you're, you know, you're, you got the fighter pilots POV that uh, he's, he's flying away from Kong or you got... Uh, Obviously, these are the audience surrogate characters from all different angles of the fray. And, I, I, and they put them there as those touchstones for the audience. And, and you can ping back and forth uh, as a cinematographer. So I, I liked how Wingard kind of directed that, directed the mayhem. We also get some POV from the monsters, obviously, later on. So I, I, I'm all about it. And I want to see it on as big of a screen as possible, like we've been saying. So I think I, I'm there with it. Um, you know, I, I guess complete. I completely agree with you guys. You can get on it for for like the s- storytelling apparatus. I would say, um, but yeah, no, the technical, the VFX, like these, this VFX could have won uh, this Oscar this from this past year. No question about it. Oh yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, and especially that like after I watched like uh, this one for the first time. I had to revisit the other three installments and um, I'm thankful for the advancement in technology because you can see the difference in visual effects and CGI and how things are done. So that's the most thing like I appreciate in this film, like cinematography, uh, CGI, visual effects. Like th- these are the technicals that are outstanding. Yeah. One thing I look for as far as visual effects go is over glossiness. Like it just looks too perfect. Like, and I don't think they did that. They did. I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, if we compare it to Aquaman, <laughs> we're not talking about it. Let's compare oh it to God. Aquaman. Let's do it. The glossiness. I really feel like they listened to me rip that apart and how things aren't shiny underwater because they fixed it. I don't, I haven't seen the Joss Whedon one enough to to say one way or the other if it was glossy. And Things are not more. shiny underwater. Yeah, I yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cannot. Shout Even Ariel talk. doesn't have her gizmos and gadgets uh, shiny underwater. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Disney knew that in the nineties. See, in eighty nine, it's my first movie in theater. No, I thought the I thought the visual effects were really good. The grittiness was good. The hairs didn't look perfect, and it looked random. And I think they did a great job. Just like yeah, like I I love the visuals here. I love I love the CGI. I love the, the technology advancement they they are using. Um, I love how how everything in the other movies led to this one. So you can see like the culmination, of visually here. So without like talking about like screenwriting or directing yet or, but yeah, I, like visually stunning. 
one issue I had was I don't know if this is a, a I don't know if this is just my perception or if it's an issue with the other films. I have some issues with the continuity of the of the the verse in general, the universe. But it felt to me in the previous films, I came into this thinking that Godzilla was way bigger than Kong. Is it, it was that just me? That's a lot of King Kong movies. I would say I, I would have the same issue with the. Peter Jackson film, I guess. And then definitely Kong Skull Island. They kind of like, because one scene, one scene, you know, Kong is like shorter than these trees and you don't necessarily believe the trees are that big. Right. And then another scene, he's like three quarters of, of a building, you know, skyscraper. Yes. I mean, in the Kong that I love, he, he had to climb the building. He didn't walk next to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. In this one, he's like, he's like, Looking at, <laughs> he's yeah, high level with true. Godzilla. He's like, bro, I see you. Whereas, like to me, he was gonna have to look up. And he's like, I'm gonna climb you and beat you. You know, yeah, that's but so he fits true. on, but he fits I, on a tugboat. He fits on a barge. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> I honestly think that they could have made that work if he was smaller. I mean, I, I mean, Godzilla has these hands. Yeah, they don't yeah. reach around yeah, his back. He, he could have been quick. <laughs> I think they could have made it work 100. Um, but. And that would have been yeah. a cool battle because then you're like rooting for the underdog just because they're smaller. And I think we're all agreeing it would have been it would follow continuity. Or those uh, there's some big trees. There's some big trees <laughs> over there. I yeah, I, I I agree. In King of Monsters, like I believed that like Godzilla is much much bigger than than Kong. Like in Skull Island, like Kong was like not reaching some of the mountains and he was like climbing. And um, going going here, especially like that, he destroyed my favorite restaurant in Hong Kong. Uh, on that on that building, yeah, the, the one he was like, jumping on, and like I, I, I thought, like Godzilla would one. be like almost two buildings together. I so. don't think the rest of us have a favorite restaurant in Hong I mean, like, Kong. <laughs> it's the one I told you about. Like, but anyways, that's another conversation. But like, because I know how this building looks like, so proportion wise, right. it does not fit. What we saw on Skull Island, that, that's why like I, feel, I felt that, that Godzilla is bigger. In King of Monsters, Godzilla, for me, was bigger. So I agree, definitely agree with you that like he should he should have been bigger than Kong here. Last thing I'll touch on on technicals is cinematography. Um, I think the cinematography, I said this earlier, is great. I think they do a great job, uh, like Mike said, with the POV shots. Really, really solid. I agree with that. Um, and these like really creative shots of looking through like windows and seeing a scene play out. Um, you know, none more memorable than the first Godzilla, which is the, the airport scene where like the planes are like blowing up and stuff is blowing up. All of a sudden you see Godzilla step in the frame and that shot was incredible. Uh, but we still get that here. Like we see, you know, some of the fighting through the windows of like a building and it, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, the cinema, cinematography, they get really creative with it. And I appreciate that. Um, you know taking advantage of like your surroundings to be able to get really cool shots so something with cinematography i always ask myself you know like after the film or when i'm remembering the film is like do you get the imprint of the photograph on your brain lingering afterwards and there are definitely a few shots in this movie and it's not just trailer stuff uh, it's not just poster stuff. It's it's other stuff that I can't even talk about in the non-spoiler section that I remember from this film. So that that's really cool, and that's to me that's very successful, and that's inspired yeah. cinematography, and we do get that. But comparatively, so the visuals in the first one, like, do you remember when they jumped off the plane and went There's through two levels of clouds? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was really cool. <laughs> 
You guys are talking me up on this first movie. Listen, <laughs> the first one is the jam. All right, let's get let's get into that. Uh, I think we've all talked some of the issues, the screenwriting. Um, in this one, more than in the last two, I had a hard time with the writing, particularly the dialogue. Um, yeah, I, I remember not having, I mean, not having much of an issue more than just like I'm watching a monster movie, right? And, and I expect there to be some dialogue that are just like, oh, okay. But in this one, I, I had an issue, and I remember Dre said that, too. She was just like, ooh, I don't like the dialogue in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you guys? Some of the some of the jokes kind of fail, and that's like it's it's not just minus one point when a joke fails; it's like minus three because it's the awkward. Yeah, I, mean, I, I make terrible <laughs> jokes on my show all the time too. I'm docked. I'm docked to extra points when the comedy doesn't work. So you really got to be sure of the you jokes that you're trying to points. Pull. I dock myself points. It's awkward on the re-listen and here when they're just like, I mean, like Ricky Baker. I just call him from Hunt for the Wilder People, one of my favorite movies. When he makes it, there's one joke in here. It's like. Women never understand them. And he just like pauses and looks at Brian Tyree Henry. I'm like, what are we doing? It's, oh, like, yeah, it's a joke cool. from a 1960s movie that, that that wasn't funny in the 1960s. Guys. I don't remember that. I just block men out at this point. I don't Maybe, that. yeah, you probably got, you could I probably think it was block. Right, I, I think it's right when she says, I find it romantic. Um, oh, that's so, a spoiler. I just, I just shook that. Off. He, he, go, he goes. He goes. Get that off of me. I'll never understand women, and you know, and then the scene kind of moves. Oh away. yes, painful. Yeah, but <laughs> it was. I still, I still feel like some of the script goods are there, and some of the dialogue is funny. And when they do hit on a joke, I'm almost like so pleasantly surprised that I'm like For giving me. it extra points. For me, so I'm though. a hypocrite. Bottom line. <laughs> For me, though, just to contrast what you're saying, my favorite moments and or scenes were the ones there was no talking. And that's how these movies should play, right? (laughs) They were just on another level. Just Kong walking into rooms. Just walking places. Just watching him not talk. I knew what he was feeling and thinking. And I'm like... Why didn't it's? I feel like the the like it was a different director. (laughs) The director for the VR stuff was a different director than the one directing those that those three people, especially the the scene you were talking about with Millie and those other two. um, I don't know names. Eleven and Ricky Baker. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's all I keep thinking. (laughs) I have not seen Hunt for the Wilder. Wilder. Wilder, Wow, Wilder people, not the Winter. Yeah, you're in for treat, Taika. Taika Waititi. Yeah, I need. I need. I need to get to it. I know I have. That's a fun one. For me, like uh, I feel like um, as if it's intentionally done from the producer to say. If we have good line, do not mention it. Like, we don't want the dialogue to be impactful. Like, make it horrible. Like, let them focus on the visuals because we don't we don't want the movie at the end to have, like, any good dialogue. What are you even saying right now? I'm, what are you I, talking about? That's how I'm you feel. About the screenplay. About, like, the screenplay. Like, I, like, what's you feel, you feel like, like that's what they're doing? Yes. Like, they, there's no way. Okay, like, if you're listening, stop doing that. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why are no... you doing that? <laughs> There's no Barb and Star level dialogue in here, I, Shama, uh, Shama. I agree with you. No, it's not that bad. Uh, no, oh, stop it. No, I, I'm really like saying here, like they had like um, storyline that like can be more impactful. They, they can have more lines that that can work. But the dialogue here was horrible. Like, uh, um, as like some at some moments, I said like if I'm on set and I would be uh, listening to people saying that, I would say no, that's not how we deliver it. 
That's not how real people talk in real life. You know, yes, we are talking about monsters and things are not real, but we people are, still talk in a in a proper way. That's not that's not the way to deliver uh, this message. So, I feel that I took a lot from the film. Watching the trilogy back to back, I found all every single one of these. There's an adult who brings a child yeah. along with them to an extremely dangerous place. Uh, at knowing that it is a very dangerous situation. Yeah. And, and like, literally, I'm just like, when I got to the third one, I was like, another child. What? Okay. Uh, guys, what's going on with that? Is that, is, is that because of this writer? Is that? No, somebody? because nothing pulls at your heartstrings for mm. a monster like his compassion for a child. Ah. It's a trope. And it's a formula that succeeded. So they keep repeating it. Yeah. Mike Jurassic said it's a Park. trope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Jurassic Park. Who are you afraid for? Are you afraid for the the kid behind the you know the 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 kitchen, whatever in the kitchen with the raptor coming around? Are you afraid for Sam Neill and Laura Dern? I'm <laughs> I'm afraid for the kids. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Sure, sure. Works. I, no, no, I'm not. I'm not doubting. I'm not questioning the the fact that it pulls at you. In Jurassic Park, they go to a nice theme park, right? <laughs> in a quiet place, they're a family, right? They're trying yeah, to survive. Makes sense. In this one, it's just like, hey, we're going to, we're going to a dangerous island with like giant monsters. Hey, child, come with yeah, me. Yeah, this is child protective you know, services in the back. Like, <laughs> like, like, like it's, that is a parent making bad life choices. Right? <laughs> like, the child, the child in the first one makes sense though, and it doesn't really. The child doesn't really interact with the monsters. Sure, 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 sure. But it, well, it, it, you brought a child into it and it just it makes you feel but they didn't really have them interact it they they you care for the child and so you can see it's not spoilers if i talk about the first one right no okay (laughs) but you can you can draw the line from the child and the protection of godzilla even without them interacting so i feel like the audience did draw that line like they did with the military guy like they were able, sure. and that's why he was there. But he, his role made sense. The roles of the kids in these next ones, you're like, ah, oh, sure, they're. I like them. Yeah, you like them. It doesn't really make sense it as is, much. Yeah. I you... question the, the parent choices, the yeah. <laughs> parental choices. Let's get into direction. I have an unpo- unpopular opinion from what I've heard everywhere. Uh, Gareth Edwards, the director of the 2014 Godzilla, should have directed all of them. I don't mind where your head's at, but like for me. <laughs> I just, I just thought the tone of the first movie was too serious. It was too realistic, and yeah, they hit some. This is serious, man. These are monsters in this world. I think this is how you would actually feel. Yeah, but I just want to go to a movie about monsters fighting, and I just want Barb and Star to have a nice vacation, and. I am oh okay. God, I, I am I, okay not thinking about the macro levels, you know, city planning that we probably need to you to, to to do, you know, ten years after you know this Godzilla stomps, you know, San Francisco. I would like to just think about, yeah, just he, he's got to fight Kong, and Kong's uh, Kong's got a bone to pick with this guy. I, I don't know. That's where I'm at. Mike, I understand like your your point, but like I I still agree with the role, and there's like Gareth Edwards if he directed this one. It would have been epic. You know, like you're just like elevating the levels for both. At least the dialogue would have been. The fixed. dialogue would have been much, much better. And like you will, you will see like okay, oh, this is realistic. You know, like uh, even with monsters, it's still realistic. You want. can do the balance. But I, I understand your point. Sometimes you That's just like need something silly and like to the point that like I don't need to think about it. And uh, people fight uh, like monsters fighting each other, and that's it. 
So. The issue with with a a big blockbuster though is that they always and then they have to make the the humans like main characters. So then you get like the Aaron Taylor Johnson sequence of the subway saving the little girl somewhere. I mean, what the hell is happening? You just get like a Fast and Furious thing that they 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 kind of give up and they go there. So that like once great. you give me the yeah, but once you give me the realistic tone. I I'm going to nitpick everything for realism. When you give me a cartoon monsters are fighting tone, I'm with yeah. that tone. And that's fight. exactly fight. what I was fight. saying. Fight. The producers are doing that. When I heard in the screenplay, <laughs> I felt the producers are telling them just be silly because if you did no. something good, people will is, will 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 exhibit the bar. Like, <laughs> this is harmful down the line. You are never if this type of thinking, you are never going to get a blockbuster. Mm. that is able to win an oscar and i think that is that's awful but i swear it's not, it's not I here i feel it happening you gotta but strike a balance you know in all seriousness you gotta strike a balance like the mcu has their humor they laugh away obvious objections you know the 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 dc i mean let, let's put it this way the nolan no, 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 batman no movies yeah no dc <laughs> but the nolan movies have their yeah, certain oh, balance sorry. that they strike right uh, and obviously the Todd Phillips Joker is a whole nother level of balance that they're trying. As long as you can be make, make me believe in that level, uh, that world, right? That's that movie's level of realism. I'm okay. And I guess is what I, know, but I, I guess. I guess my my I guess my thought is we can like does every Godzilla does every King Kong have to live in a world beyond you know can we not have one that is set in realism and they find a way to make it's like our 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 vfx are getting more and more advanced more and more realistic and so can we not get one like i felt like the first Godzilla 2014 Godzilla is set in our world and i felt like i could relate to the characters like when they're running away from the tsunami yeah. Most people are gonna keep running in a straight line, and then you see that one out like literally, I was just like, just run inside of a building. It's there, it's behind you, it's gonna get you. And then you see that one family is like, Oh, I'm gonna cut into this building. And I was just like, Yes, that's what you're supposed to do. Great, good idea. Um like I I I, I like that. I like that yeah. it felt like it was set in my world, not in a fantastical world, and I just have to buy into it. The second one, because I went into it with the mentality of the first one was set in my world, I I truly disliked it. Because now it's set in another universe. And now I have to like readjust my expectations of this world. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, it's like post-apocalyptic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who liked the 2005 King Kong? None of us. Oh, this is Peter Jackson. Yeah, Peter yes. Jackson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I, that, mean, is I liked a, it that is a beautiful balance of yeah. a monster movie that's also like a story drama, mm-hmm. like yeah. romance, like... And that's what I felt this trilogy. That's what I felt the first one was. It was, and I thought it was a beautiful balance between like destroying and small moments, destroying and small moments. Like, don't we want that? Do we not want that? We do want that, and I think. Well, I think you hit on you hit you hit on it before with the the level of realism. I, I think when Iron Man gets sand. Uh, you know, all over him, and you you feel the realism of the villain who you know scrapes his forehead and gets sand in his wound, and 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 in Iron Man one, you know that's something. When when Ray slides down the sand dune, you know you're mixing in the hyper level realism. When Godzilla, you're looking up at the feet, and he squishes Grandma's garden, and you're looking across the you know way there. I mean, yeah, that 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 
centers you as an audience member, as a POV, as a surrogate to these characters, that that works. I think uh, I think it. I'd be fascinating to fascinated to watch a, a movie that really goes all out realism for for Godzilla, especially a sequel. Like they would need to change all the city plannings, right? Oh, I mean, sure. we should not have cities. But Period. then we'll hate it. Yeah, but then <laughs> but then what happens is Warner Brothers does that in 2014. And then audiences go, this is not a kaiju movie. I came for a kaiju movie. I want a kaiju movie. Mm -hmm. And then King of Monsters comes out, and they're just like, well, this is a lot of kaiju. Yeah, it turns into too much kaiju. Right? They overcorrect. Stop listening to audiences. Stop listening to audiences. You were doing a great job. (laughs) Well, I mean, audiences. Again, thank thank you for the screen. (laughs) And that's what I believe if they did the balance between them. It would have been like they they will be nitpicking. So I believe that they, they they start to make them more silly and less realistic for uh, that. Do reason. you do you understand how disappointing that is for for it me hearing that about? Wait, no, listen, listen to my full thought. That's so disappointing to think that there are these people saying, "No, no, no, dumb it down." These audiences, <laughs> just, like that's a, that's like an insult to me. It is, but it is like a reality. But I don't want it to be real. Nah, they'll like it. Man, just throw that cheesy shit in there. They'll like it. They'll eat it up. <laughs> that's I, so. Uh, that's I promise you that's how I feel that like the producers are are thinking about these films. I think I, I hate that that's who we are. I, I do think they're to to get behind them a little bit here. Uh, I do think they're kind of serving an impossible problem because they're making a four quadrant sure. movie for audiences of different levels of sophistication yeah. because every, you know, that's why we get so many tropes recycled because they're making movies for the number one movie going audience. And that's the next wave of teenagers heading to the theaters. I mean, you guys know. So, I mean, yeah. we're doing that just, constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish, you know, we have, so I've worked in a lot of restaurants in my lifetime. I Sometimes I regret it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've <laughs> learned a lot. Um, and, one, you know, one thing restaurants are like, I've worked in fine dining, you know, and I had a conversation one time with this, with this chef. And he said, you know, he was walking me through the process of like, you know, how they decide prices and, all, and what's going to be on the menu. And he says, what we decide is high and low, high and low margin of right. profitability. Our crab cake, we actually lose money on. Because our crab is so good. It's so expensive. We make no, yes, we actually lose money on the crab cake. Wow. But our profit margin for our $32 piece of chicken is massive and it balances. And so I wish that, that I, this is, you know, we live in a capitalistic world, you know, but like at the end of the day, like there's something about this being art. And I just, I wish it serviced, I, I wish we thought about servicing the art more often than just what the profit is going to be. And so I wish we could find that balance because I really think that this trilogy could have been really good had it followed that structure of the first one. But like, of course, we're thinking of just like, fans aren't liking it. We need to figure out a way to make fans, more fans like it and more fans buy tickets to it. So let's add what they want. And so I just, that's such a dangerous place to be because now you're just letting people, I mean, now you're just like build your own story, right? Why don't you just make that a, an HBO Max thing? Hey, every week you get to choose your own adventure and the next month we'll drop a new episode. You can't tell the same story four times like they did if we're doing what, what you're, you're suggesting. Like they told the reveal story of Godzilla the first time. But I, I if, think you could have still had the, the I think you could have still had King Ghidorah in the second one. And I think you could have still had that right. weird thing. But it's a it different just... story. It's a different sequel. You, it's not a. It's not a rinse and repeat, which, which is what they. Which is basically what happened. I mean, this is four of the same yes. plot structures. Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. Hmm. 
So listen, I, we really want to get into spoilers. I know we do. Um, let's just go ahead and give our final thoughts. I feel like we've had an extensive conversation, non-spoiler, much longer than I expected it to be, but it's been a great conversation. So let's go ahead. Final thoughts real quick. Mike, I'll start with you as our guest. Go ahead, man. Yeah, see this in theaters. It's worth it. It delivers goods. Uh, I'm going to you know, give it a strong grade at the end of the day. And I, again, I'm a hypocrite for forgiving its follies and sins, <laughs> even though I will... Uh, I'll nitpick, you know, like other movies, but I, I do. I just, I, I had fun watching this big monsters gonna fight blockbuster. Right now, I mean, let's do it right now in the non-spoiler, so people know what to expect. Go ahead, give us your grade. What is your grade out of ten for, uh, for uh, Godzilla vs. Kong? Seven, yeah, seven point five. I think it's a C plus, seven point five. You know, it's two and a half stars on on Reddit. I get or on on uh, Letterbox. I guess so. Yeah, I'm a seven point five out of ten. Sweet. Shama, go ahead. Final thoughts and give you a grade. Final thoughts. Despite this film, like with its flaws with dialogue and screenplay, it's still entertaining. It's still fun. It would be great on the big screen. Like I cannot wait to see it in Dolby and IMAX um, in 3D. Just like want to see how effects are are done on the big screen. Uh, it's worth watching. It's um, it's it, it's it's good. It's entertaining. It delivered its purpose. Um, out of ten for me, of course, it's um, seven point five as well. Dre. I thought it was entertaining, uh, and I'm actually not that far off from Mike's score. And I was just gonna, I was gonna give it a seven. I, I agree. Like, go see it. Know that you're being handled, but you'll still enjoy it. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I agree. A lot of fun. I definitely think I'm gonna go see it for a third time uh, in Dolby for sure. Uh, maybe I'll see it a fourth time in IMAX. Who knows? I might get crazy. But um, my grade would be closer to y'all's if they had not done what I'm going to talk about in the spoiler section. My biggest, oh no. Is my, my grade going to be lower after this conversation? My biggest <laughs> issue. A teaser. So for me, because of what happened, I'm going to give it a six. Ooh! I'm going to six. Oh, I did not expect that. That's too harsh. Like, I feel that you I know. like it more I than know. me. But I, I, I did I enjoyed it. I enjoy it a lot. But like, the thing I grade the hardest is screenplay. And I feel like that is bad screenwriting when you can't even follow the continuity that you've set up in your in your universe. Um, so for that reason, I mean, I could maybe be talked up to a six point five, but no higher than that. I I was saying seven. Oh wow, that's a, okay. Okay, I cannot. And then last, I felt that you liked it more. I need to ask because uh, Mike on your show, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, you guys discuss Oscar potential for film. So I'll ask, what are the Oscar potentials for Godzilla versus Kong if they remember it next year? Yeah, VFX and maybe best sound. I, I like the sound. I thought they did a nice job mixing it. Nice blend there. I mean, I guess if maybe if they had two categories, it would it would still get in for one of them. And uh, I'm, I apologize that I don't understand the sound categories better, but I'm glad they dumbed it down for me. <laughs> I guess this is a thesis statement, dumbing things down. The industry kind of dumbed things down <laughs> for us stupid Oscar pundits that couldn't figure out mixing and editing. But yeah, I think uh, uh, technical prowess is there at VFX, the star of the show. Sweet. All right. So this is your spoiler warning, guys. We're going to get into spoilers moving forward. We had a conversation about some of our moments, some of the stuff I like, and what, for me, was most detrimental to the film. So if you have not seen it, uh, stop us here. Make sure you come back. Listen to the rest of our conversation. We're going to have a good time. Um, And, yeah, go check it out. I think we all said it's definitely worth checking out. A lot of fun. So, again, spoiler warning moving forward. The first thing I want to talk about. In the spoiler section, 
is not the thing that I'm most upset with. <laughs> is Rebecca Hall says early on that the direct line is offsite would be a death sentence. Speaking about Kong, about moving Kong from the island where he's pretty much going to destroy this building. Um, right. I think that's because she knows that King Kong ain't got nothing on the King of Monsters. <laughs> So I, I, yeah, you're referring to something different than I'm going to refer to yeah. here. But I, like for me, like Rebecca Hall is the real monster of this movie, though. Like oh she's, my gosh. she's got the tech to put King Kong in the Truman Show, the Truman Show, but she can't get him an umbrella or a blanket when forcing King Kong to tra- travel around the effing world, guys. Yes, yes. Please, somebody tell them that. I was watching and said, like, okay, we did the Truman Show. And, like, we cannot <laughs> cover him. We cannot, like, uh, create another universe for him to watch, like, while getting traveled, to, like, from, from Pensacola in the U.S., like, to all the way to the other side of the world. Like, I mean, nonsense. Drake. Dre's talking about us getting handled, and I'm handled in that scene. Like <laughs> Kong's getting rained on. With I mean, he's getting drenched, and, and, and he's traveling. He's chained, and it's a nightmare voyage. Uh, and, and you know, I mean, you you know what's a death sentence, Rebecca Hall? Not going off site, but being having a salt and pepper beard and getting pneumonia. And King Kong and me have that in common, Rebecca Hall. So put an umbrella or a canopy or something over this dude. Give me a break. And and for crying out loud, when he's about to get attacked, release the man. So, what are we so doing? He can defend. Yeah, he went three times, three times until like, he like the the ship is flipped and like he's almost dying to release him. Like she knows. Yeah, that the was really frustrating. Why was she? Rebecca Hall, she wanted to release him. She did, but still, I'm just talking in general. She's she's the one who said it three times. Let's get the she right there. Yeah, but he, but Alex at the end, like he 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 was like, oh, almost there to release him. She said it earlier. Yeah, he also said no three times. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like both of them, both of them, it just like took forever. No, they were dead to me after that moment. I was done with them. Like they didn't need to survive. Period. Yeah, this is what I was saying. Like, let's get them and keep the girl. Keep the girl with the with Kong. I agree. With mute, like, mute conversation, like, nothing. Sign language is perfect. Like, we don't need any dialogue, please. The wrong people died in this movie. Demi and Bashir should have lived. The, the, the oh, heroes of the gosh. freaking movie should have been done. for president, apparently. <laughs> That's right. Mike, one question for you. Mm. Tap or no tap? Tap. Yes. Tap. But, uh, always. But, uh, do you live in the Northeast? I do. Of course. Oh. When I lived in the Northeast, I drank tap water too. <laughs> no tap, I mean, ever. I, I'm sure I'll turn it to a mutant any day now, just because we're saying it and we're jinxing it. But yeah, always. I also, always but I also grew up in Northern Virginia. You do not drink the no. tap water in Northern Virginia. And in in Florida, it's uh, we went to college in Florida. In Florida, tap water is rough. <laughs> now New York City for me, and yeah, I'm, I'm drinking it right now. To be honest. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you're just looking at me differently now oh my god that changed that went over your head no that, that this has never been an issue with me i, I feel very self-conscious at this moment you have like filter like do you filter do you put in a in, no like, straight I, no i'm fine and, i have my hair i have and knowing i lose my hair and i'm a uh, from a developing and, country and, and, and we used to listen, drink i'm telling you I live in upstate New York, and the tap water is delicious. It's and it, and it comes out cold. 
I'm in Connecticut right now. Yeah. I was in New York for a while. I'm in Connecticut now. And now I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> for now. Question mark? For now. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> I lived my childhood and my teenage like drinking from tap water. So I moved to the U.S. starting like drinking uh, filtered water. You know, we were talking about the, the ship scene with Godzilla and Kong and yada, yada, yada. And Godzilla comes to attack for the first time. Um, why, why is it that Godzilla stops attacking when they turn off the engine? Does he just, is it the fact that they're transporting him that, that well, he doesn't like? They set that up in the second movie. It's a bit silly, but they did set that up in this, in the second movie where they, again, I don't think that other one exists. So I'm talking about <laughs> whatever that movie's called. King of Monsters. Yeah. King of, King of Monsters. Um, they, because in the scene where they're underwater in that facility where they're monitoring uh, Godzilla, the guy goes, turn everything off. He feels threatened or whatever. Yeah. So they set that up. That is a thing that has worked in the past. Yeah, but to, to me, that was like, stop pointing weapons at him. Well. And this one, they were like, how do we, we can't, like literally he goes away and, and they're like, we, what do we do? We can't move now because if we turn the engines on, he comes to attack. Yeah. And also it, it, it's not just that. That is half of it, but it's also Kong being kind of knocked out at that point and being like mm-hmm. out of it is kind Sedated. of seen as submissive. So that's that's their whole rivalry of like territory, like I'm alpha, no, I'm alpha. And in that moment, Kong's like, Well, I can't move right now. So <laughs> I guess you're alpha. <laughs> Mike, how about you? I don't know much about the animal kingdom, but like from watching Caesar Milan, like you got to show the <laughs> bigger dog your belly, right? Submit. Like you're exactly right. But uh, no, I think I think it's I think it's because Kong is a uh, not Kong. I think it's because Godzilla is a dick. <laughs> like he's just nah. looking to fight. In this movie, bro. In he's, this movie. Yeah, I'm yeah. Team- and they were setting it up this way from the beginning. That no, was no, so no, annoying. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. He's like a crocodile. He's just he just wants to fight other alphas who people think they're alphas. Are you kidding me? I mean, I get it. He always does this, but to me, he's a dick, and he just crushes in cities. And in this movie, he's a total jerk alpha, and I could have been totally just done away with him. But yeah, he spares Kong at the end. But you're right. If we've learned anything in these dumbass movies, you better show him your belly. That's it. You know. You know what? I'm just you. You led me into it. <laughs> We're gonna have this conversation right now. <laughs> The reason I'm so upset with this movie mm-hmm. is because of the depiction of Godzilla. Because you're right. In this movie, he is a dick. He 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 literally is he's just puffing his chest out. He swats for the first time. He purposefully swats planes out of the air. He's never done that before. He's never done that. Literally, he knocks, he 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 runs through ships. He's never we, done that. In the other two movies, he, he goes like under. goes under or he literally he just stops. There's this one is, or he just stops. This is the part of being handled in this movie. You're supposed yeah. to feel some type of way towards Yo, Godzilla. He literally swims. And when he's under the bridge, he's like, I'm gonna stand up right now and wreck this never bridge. Done that. He has never done that and they make him look like literally his facial features and this is just the direction he was given it's not godzilla's fault um Mm. he looks more villainous and he also he's way less human they spent a good 10 minutes showing you kong's morning routine of getting up (laughs) stretching scratching his butt like just bathing like a hu- they humanized him so strongly 
And then Godzilla is just a mindless animal. Yeah. Totally against their characters. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about this. I, hate I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, Kong is uh, the protagonist of this film. And that other thing is a thing. It's an animal at the end of the and day. And it's also a bit arrogant for us because it's like the one that's more human is the good guy. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the humanoid. Humanoid yeah. creature. Well, that, but that's yeah, why I want... But that's why I want Demi and Bashir to make Robo Godzillas to fight the real Godzilla, because that real Godzilla just no. walks in the cities and breaks them up. The real Godzilla don't stop. Listen, no, <laughs> I the Godzilla in the first two is awesome, and no, you're, and intelligent. You, yes, extremely intelligent. You made this point earlier. I was helpful savior. Yeah. You made this point earlier, which was Godzilla cannot be our protagonist, and I agree with you, which is why I love the first one. We don't see him most of the movie. He cannot. You know what he is? He's our hero. Yeah. He is our savior. That is what his role is in the first one. That is what his role is in the second one. Do you know what happened is audiences can't handle being somebody else's pet because they're too arrogant. So they had wow. to switch it and show you that this guy is actually a mindless animal and we're better than him. And we hear that by Kyle, Chandler, Kyle Chandler's uh, line when Millie Bobby Brown is yelling at him being like, you saw what he did. In King of Monsters, because they saw the movie. Um, you saw what he did. How can you think? And he's just like, well, he's like a person. He, you know, we can change. Everyone changes. They keep saying, no, kill he, him. Is, kill he him. is. They said he is so old. I don't even remember how long. I want to say it's millions of years old, but who knows? He's so old. He's smarter than us. All right. Mm. He's not about this petty stuff. He's a god. And I'm sick and tired of them. Bringing him down to our level. He's not on our level, guys. He's on another level. And, and in I this film, you're... they're just like, he's just a teenager. I he has emotions. You... I know, audience, your pride so is having a hard time hearing that right now, <laughs> which is why they made the changes <laughs> in this movie. Exactly. They're diminishing his role, diminishing his powers. But uh, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. And, and that's what I felt mainly about this. Like, Despite, like, I don't want like Mikazela in this way, but... Um, but I, I I hated the way that the the were making Kong more um, humanoid, like they are humanizing I, him. I don't mind. And they it's humanize like, him because yeah, he's yeah. sign language. It's but just don't take away from Godzilla. Don't diminish his role. Like he was a savior. Before. That's exactly what it is. I actually walked into this film being like, how are they going to make these two fight? They're both good guys, right? How are they going to make these two fight? And then I was just like, when they said, oh, it's because one has to submit to the other. I was okay with that. I was like, of course they do. Some one only one can rule, right? And so yeah, okay, if they come if they cross paths, then yeah, one of them has to bow down to the other one. Some and so that's why they fight. I understand that. I totally get that. And I'm but my problem is with 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 taking away from Godzilla. Um it, it I feel like you could have built up Kong without taking away from Godzilla. They could yep. have both been the good guys. Yep. God, Godzilla could have still avoided destroying ships. He could have still, like, just been annoyed by the stupid planes yep. shooting at him. He's just like, ah, oh, you guys are so it's annoying. It's just internal conflict. It would have just been more internal conflict yeah. for the audience. Yes, it would have been. Yes, it would have been more conflicting on, like, on, like, who we want to win, right? Whereas, like, they made Godzilla be the bad guy for a very large portion of this film. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's so unnecessary, and I think that that but, is bad writing. But really, honestly, I think that's bad. Kong's fan. I have a theory. I have a feeling that Kong's family met their demise. Ooh, let's talk about this. Because 
Mm. They killed the other Godzillas. Those so when we're in the the throne room, it's a Kong throne room. Throne room. It's not a Godzilla throne room. There are statues of other Kongs. There are statues of other massive gorillas, and around that throne room is not one axe, but about like thirty axes mm. that are in the ground. And I didn't each, notice this. And each axe is a whatever the things he has on his back scales. Godzilla mm-hmm. scales. They had to get those by killing something. What do you guys think? Wow. Is, did you guys get that when you watch the film? So like I so to me, there was I took it as like there's just like this respect and they understand that Godzilla is the king. No. And so there was like this like motif of him that lights up under their throne. But Desiree took it as like, oh no, they're like stepping on him. They're and they proud killed. of killing that thing. Yeah. And th- how did you guys take it? I think you're right. I think that that's like I'm blown. I didn't pick that up. I'm blown. My mind's blown. I think that is a Godzilla scale. It does charge, right? Mm-hmm. It charges when Godzilla breathes. It uses his dragon breath on it. I hope. At least I hope you're right because that that's cool. Yeah, but like I picture you the, can see all of the axes at the certain angle when it pans okay. down. You yeah, can this, see yeah. the handles of each. I one. I feel like Godzilla could have just like lost a scale. He's uh, scratching. 30, you know what I mean? Like he's like I, scales. He gets against the he gets against a mountain. And does this? We've all done it. We've we've like backed our our back up against the corner of a door and like scratched nah, our nah, back. Nah, he nah, did nah. that, and a scale fell, and they were like, "Hey, look at this." No, no, no. I expected something like this. Godzilla is like what a million years what? old, and he has all of his. <laughs> I expected one of the skills to be taken to charge. I swear, like I was looking at this, like, can they do that, or it will lose its power once it it takes it so, off? You know. If thinking about this, understanding that journey that they've been through in the past of like, not like Kong has lost his family, probably to Godzilla's family. Godzilla mm-hmm. has lost his family, probably to Kong's family. So like being taken on this journey of like humanizing Kong, maybe a little less cause he's already very human. Like, and we already have that line to gorillas. So it's not hard to do. And then we're like feeling for him. And then keeping Godzilla the same as he has been, but you have this conflict of feeling for Kong. And then you have this reveal in the mm-hmm. throne room of like, ooh, wait a second. Mm, what did Kong's family do here? More conflict. And then we understand the wrath of Godzilla when he feels that below him and he burrows down. And then you have them fighting, which makes sense because of this rivalry and in the middle of the fight, I feel like they should have brought out mega, what is it? Mega Godzilla. Godzilla. And I feel like in somewhere in that fight, there should have been a moment where they're both knocked on their behinds Hmm. and they look at each other with a mutual understanding, not necessarily respect, but a mutual understanding of they've both lost their family. They've both been through this and common enemy this is just yeah common this enemy, is just yeah. what you have to do and we can and both I, work and together I would to have loved i would have loved for them to have a mutual respect for each other and eventually be a new family like i mean if if godzilla can be family with mothra why can't godzilla be family with kong <laughs> like i feel like there's something there <laughs> listen i dig everything you just said everything yeah 100 i dig it but i'll argue this <laughs> okay when godzilla gets knocked down his blue goes away so I feel like if you kill Godzilla, there's no blue. 
right? I don't think his scale still has power. No, no, no. The so power... I think that's his scale. I'm going to argue No, 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 no. But no, no, no. I, I dig everything. So I hope no. that that's what it is. He's I hope like, I'm wrong. It, they've already done this. He's like a battery. He feeds mm. off the charge that comes from deep within the earth. That's why when he when he puts the axe in there, he says it's like it's charging. Damn it! That's I exactly, think she's right. That's exactly yeah. what Godzilla does. When <laughs> I he think burrows. So. I think it was Damn right. it! You're right. I don't like it. Yeah, when he burrows beneath the water and he finds one of those holes that they go down into this, which they don't get flipped upside down, which is interesting. That is a plot flaw. And the second one, they do burrow into one of those things. What do they call it? Hollow Earth Tunnel? Mm-hmm. And they don't flip upside down, where they do in all the other ones. That was Anyways. like a chamber that he was chilling in? No, I, it it's is confusing. a tunnel. It, it is, is confusing. It's confusing. It is a tunnel. We can go back. They literally say it. While we're talking about... Yeah, it's a tunnel. It's a tunnel. And so he goes down there to charge. It's just a different place. Sure. So there's the throne room where That's Kong fair. is, and there's the throne room where Godzilla is. As we're talking about Hollow Earth, um, why... So I, I was actually confused the first time I saw the film as to why they needed Kong to guide them. But really, they needed Kong once they got to Hollow Earth. The second time I saw it, I realized they need Kong to lead them to that throne room. Yes. Not to lead them to Hollow Earth. They already had yes. a path. The only thing I don't understand is, like, shouldn't it just be a hole that they just, like, fall down? They why did weird. we have this weird, it was weird. space travel thing it was where it's weird. just like we cut the black. I thought my power went out because <laughs> we had all the lights <laughs> off. And then it's like... And like you get this, like it was moving at two thousand miles an hour to get to the center. Why? Why can't we just fall until well, the gravity shifts? I think gravity gravity gets like reversed, so they need like something to do it. But I know I but lost the, it there. Like the, I, I didn't like that as well. I don't like the visual they chose. I do think it could have used a visual aid, like like maybe like something that's misty or like thick, but not necessarily. It's like a bungee I think, jump. I like, think they should have pulled... I think they should... I think... Mike, I want to hear what you have to say, but I think they should have just pulled off a Spongebob, and they start following, and then all of a sudden we hear two hours later. And, and that's it. Oh and, then, and then they're... I pictured Barb and Stark coming as well. Mike, what do you think? Well, the cynical answer, and I, I love these conversations, by the way. I've just been laying back and loving it. I, the cynical answer is you have to make human characters the allies to these gods, titans, and you have to get them to go on a mission together and bond, right? In a way. So that's part of it. But I do think they miss the kind of, you know, hollow earth inception you know opportunity there you could have done something maybe a little cooler than that even though they do some cool things with it the problem i had like the setup they made me think like in a year where nomadland's gonna win best picture and francis mcdormand is gonna you know she's winning oscars as a producer and it's down and dirty man i mean she's pooping in buckets she's piss it in the wind i mean this is this is realism you could have had a moment of of realism when all these you know uh supermodel level uh, hunky movie stars puked all over themselves because scar cigar alexander i could finally get his names right he's just saying again again this is gonna rip your intestines uh, this your intestines yeah. are gonna go here's a bag for the vomit here's this and that and then they do it and they get the crazy it would have been hilarious if someone just like bleh, Salad, I expected yeah. that. I was waiting what for that to is, happen. Didn't happen. What they cut it. Is, is they uh they couldn't do it because Guardians of the Galaxy already did it. As we move into our last thing I want to talk about here, I want to point out that one, I was Team Godzilla. And Godzilla won. 
Um, mm. I just want to put that out there. Mm. <laughs> As team boss. <laughs> um, two. Let's but they are team. About- For me, they are team. So they won together, Raul. You, got, you, you guys might have something else to talk about. No, no, no. no, no, no. They fight between the two of them. Godzilla won. I would Godzilla agree. Won. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He won in round Mecha- three. He won round three. Mecha Godzilla, right? Comes in. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I had no idea. Mecha- I- I'm guessing no one knew Mecha Godzilla was in this movie. Um, I am very torn on whether I like it. I- he wasn't enough of a baddie for me. Um, so Mecha Godzilla, who? What started controlling? I think that's very confusing. Yeah, it's why? all confusing. And and why? Yeah, Mike. They said it was a super. Well, they said it was a supercomputer, but it was connected to the skull of the Hydra right. from the last movie. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. And either. as far as I know, synapses aren't in the bones; <laughs> they're in the brain. There's no tissue there. Maybe yeah, medical wise, it's wrong. Medical wise, it's wrong. But like <laughs> we are beyond the scope. Like, we're talking about producers. Logic. <laughs> yeah, like if, if I'm analyzing this from a medical point of view, like okay, like I I don't even deserve to be studying. You know, if I if I would take this into reality, like but, they had, but they had potential for human villains. Like Demian Bashir could have had his heel mm-hmm. turn, or the guy I forget his name inside the 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 kaiju there could have had his heel turn and you could have had a human villain behind the creation yeah. of humanity yes, the robot there but they that. didn't do it they, yes they, like somehow his brain just got like shot into there and lost his humanity and he was kind of awake i would have liked that but i would have ate my words to say damian bashir was totally right for creating this godzilla <laughs> to fight the dick that real godzilla I was i agree with you i would have gladly eaten my words in that moment and said like oh this is badass this is all right godzilla and kong you should team up mm-hmm. let's stop fighting stop the hatfields and the mccoys <laughs> and to set, of all these years and to set that up even further if they if it was if he was more of like an underlining villain the guy who controlled the brain like he kind of played the dumb assistant but really had his own agenda mm. i feel like that would have been a stronger villain than this weak guy who has horrible monologues and this totally. proves that they are under underestimating everything they just don't want us to think they just like want the we're silly smarter thing to... than you think exactly and the... who's this warner, who is this? warner, warner brothers, brothers. Yeah, warner brothers. <laughs> that's what i'm saying you had, smarter than you, you think. several moments in the film like when the girl is on the ship while every destruction is happening and they get like aligned together at the same time for her to look in Kong's eyes, that's not, not real. In Hong Kong, when when uh, when the destruction happens and then mm. the eyes in the eye while like she's that tiny inside the building and he's far away and he can see her talking to him in sign language, all these things are not real. You know, and like I and I believe they are diminishing all the realism from the movie, just like not to think. You're just like there for the fight, like watching a WWE thing. You know, that's like, it. That's it. That's well, the that, purpose. Because if you start thinking about it too hard, you say, "All right, they have a 3D printer in the Hollow Earth that could print vibranium, but if somebody spills a flask onto one computer, <laughs> the whole thing shuts down. Silly, like the way that he was looking, and he said." Last drink? All time to drink? Yes, give it to me. No. Why have we not <laughs> waterproofed computers yet? I don't know. They have the Truman you Show, but they you don't have, have the Pro, like the 16 inch. It has a, already a layer of proof under the key, under the keyboard. Like it's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. That's why they don't want you to think. It's just like visually stunning and like fighting each other. Yes, that's it. The the fights are awesome though. And but, <laughs> but video games, you're playing video games and you're seeing the fight. 
it fulfilled its purpose. That's it. If you want something like Nomad Land or The Father, you still have them. But this is for for the general audience. I'm not saying that like none of the general audience will enjoy Nomad Land, but like 75% w- did not will not enjoy it. Like it's it's, it's not so for good. everyone. So it's an amazing film. First thing I want I want to get to that, but uh I just remember Godzilla running on two feet looks really funny. I don't know why they didn't make him cut off four to move faster. Like that would have looked wow. so dope. But you know, maybe I'm just I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh secondly, you mentioned Kaylee Hoddle and her signing to him. You know, that scene where she's telling him Godzilla is not your enemy is I love her I performance. I love how she delivers that. I love Kong's reaction where he's just like, he doesn't want to hear it, you know, um, which happens when we're upset sometimes when we see Red and she gets through to him and she does such a great job. She, again, I really hope she gets more work. Um, but oh, man, she was, she was so good. I think she's doing a darn fine job. I'm just, again, this is probably, uh, this is, <laughs> this, uh, this always happens to me or Mike, it happens to Mike more, but in a year of Alan Kim and Helena Zengel and Ibrahima Gai, I just have a, I, you know, it's hard for me to praise her to the level of some of these other uh, child actors. Just I agree with this you. Year. Yeah. Talia Ryder. So like she, she's given like repetitive facial expressions and that's her poise. And I, 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 I understand that uh, she is like of otherworldly level control, but uh, for, for, and and of no fear. My God, I mean, I wish I was. I, w- I wish I was her. I wish I had her, her courage. But yeah, no. Kaylee Hoddle is not your enemy. All right, neither is. <laughs> I know she's not wrong. But like he's fair. Like Elena Zengel, what she what she did uh, with with Tom Hanks in that film, to, per, per, phenomenal <laughs> performance. Uh, the 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 Kaylee Minari, phenomenal performance. I'm not comparing her. But I'm, she's amazing. I'm, well, you just I'm not used saying the word she great, should win an Oscar. So, yeah. I'm not saying she should yeah. win an Oscar. Yeah. But she was great in this movie. It's not her fault that she had no fear. She was directed to have no fear. She's acting when it, against when a green this screen. Many actors, yes. When it happens to this many actors, it's it's a direction issue. Yeah. So we all agree. those are all we all agree. <laughs> Any other final thoughts uh, anybody had? Well, this just turned into a the guys teaming up on one side, me and Mo. Who love Barb and Star against the two that, that, that yeah, that's what happened. They will that's kill me for that. They my, will kill my me. final thought. So, <laughs> I think this is still like we, you know, we we kind of talked about the positives and and in the non-spoiler section, but there still really are. You know, these fights are so cool. The way they use some of these buildings, like Kong does, like that thing he where does, he's yeah. like parkour. He like oh jukes. My. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's awesome. The oh, yeah, choreography, action choreography here was really good between them, and the way it's well balanced, the momentum, the equilibrium between the, for the for their movements. Yes, I I have to vouch for that. Every monster fight, I mean the the aircraft carrier thing that was so cool. I mean, obviously, I don't think the, that the aircraft human... carrier could have held them. But, yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good point. <laughs> and why the there was a guy on still on the on the ship even after everything was destructed and it flipped. So probably it flipped and it came back while he's standing on it. Did you see him like when he was running? Yeah. I saw in the second viewing said, like, what? But that's Tiny Kong. Tiny Kong could fit there. He, I guess he grows. You know, he's a, he's a grower. He leveled, not up. A he leveled up. That's what it is. He leveled up. He, he leveled swole. up. He swole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Power Rangers when Rita used to say like, uh, like the enemy to enlarge and diminish. Well, what do you guys want to see for the next movie, though? Do you want to see a prequel and you want to see the old Kongs fight the old Godzillas in that in that Hollow Earth world, or, or do you want to see ten Mecha Godzillas? Because where do they go from here? Yeah, yeah, and I want to see that origin story of like where this rivalry came from. I want to see the sorrow that I'm assuming Godzilla went through first, 
Nice. And then came back with vengeance. And then the sorrow that Kong went through second. The next one is called Kongs versus Godzillas. Oh, that would be good. Actually, I I I, I want that. I want something like very old happened like two or three thousand years ago that created our mytholo- mytholo- mythological like the myths myth creatures from uh, in the Greek mythology right. in the Egyptian mythology. What's it called? I don't know. <laughs> but I want something like that. This would be great because all these myth things can be coming from uh, from these uh, old and- monsters. I don't know if you'll have humans in the Kong world, but you might have humans in the Godzilla world because he had he had that it looked like a more worship type of thing, whereas Kong's world was more of like a we built this, the Kongs built this. So it would kind of be interesting. I don't know because it kind of looked like Atlantis to me. Um, so I don't know. I just think that there's a lot to work with if they use it well. It's a huge canvas that they can work in whatever they want. They can even create like uh, an Oscar contender from there. <laughs> they they can't. They won't. If we move forward, I don't, I, I don't know what moving forward looks like because I think you're right. There's something weird about that. Moving forward, what do we do now? No, I feel like more Mecha Godzillas would just be silly. Um, I, it would be I, more Transformers. I, maybe, this way. I mean, we, we established that King Ghidorah came from space. So maybe there's more creatures in space, and maybe we just get you know three creatures to show up. I don't know. Um, I don't know what that looks like. And maybe you know we got Kong living in Hollow Earth, Godzilla still living in between. You know he goes up and down, and um, and then it's somehow like Godzilla got to phone Kong and be like, "Hey, get up here, man! It's time, man! It's time to get work." Can't they just leave Godzilla alone in Hollow Earth? Why do we need the Kong monitoring station with all these stupid humans still following him around? It's because the humans have to control stuff and they're afraid of things that are stronger than them. That's why. That's right. That's even right. They though they've proven. The pets. Even though they've never proven. allowed to be the pets. That is yeah. an insult to humanity. And the soldier said it to Mar- to uh, Samuel L. Jackson in Kong Skull Island when he told him uh, he's not a monster. Uh, they are not enemies till we create them. So just like leave them alone living their lives and let them enjoy their lives the way that it was for mm. thousands of years. Yes. You don't see me trying to go domesticate a full-grown lion. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. He's going to eat me. Uh, all right. Well, we gave our report cards earlier. Um, I, I think two of us landed at 7.5. Where'd you land? I was at a 7. Cool. I'm, I think I'm still at a 6. Um, again, I'll give it some more thought. When I watch you in Dolby, maybe I bumped that at a 6.5. Um, but Dolby makes everything better. <laughs> it's been great uh, chatting it up. This was a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, thank you for coming on, visiting our thank show, you. man. Um, it was awesome. Um, it was, it, it, again, it was it was great chatting it up. It was great having you on. And it was great having that perspective of somebody that grew up with it. Because, like, I didn't. I don't know if Shama grew up with it. We actually have uh, never had that I conversation. Did, I didn't. It was just like, yeah, uh, see, that, 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 that wasn't our thing. So it was great having somebody to come on and, and chat it up. And, uh, and yeah, give, just give that perspective. Um, you know, for all the listeners out there, uh, you guys should definitely go check out Mike, Mike and Oscar. If you're not already, they're dope. I mean, they got so much great stuff. They talk about all the Oscar stuff and you know what? They're extremely entertaining, which is something I really appreciate. Cause yes, you guys oh, yes. all the information yes. I need, but also I'm laughing a, a very, a lot of the time. 
Except for when you talk about Hillbilly Elegy, which we'll get into. <laughs> and I love I love people that do full analysis because I'm so analytical about things. And like you guys do, like you analyze everything. You go back to the origin. You talk about like the fine details. You expect things. So I love that. Uh, and at the same time, still entertaining, not boring. So that's well, amazing. My face is redder than Kyle Chandler's in the middle of King of Monsters <laughs> oh right now. I'm very <laughs> self-conscious and embarrassed of I, all those compliments. Too many. I don't know how to take compliments. So thank you so much, guys. I had I had a blast watching. As much fun as I had watching the movie, and thank you, WB, I had just as much fun uh, you know, hanging out with you guys. So we got we got you on our show for Mulan. And Dre, we'll, you'll have to make your debut, and we'll gotta, we got to get Mike uh, 1 involved as well. But yes. we got to get you guys back on again. So thank you so much. And, uh, yeah. If, if uh, your listeners want to check us out, we cover Oscar movies. We cover all kinds of, uh, of movies. We just reviewed the Snyder Cut there as well. Yeah, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at Gmail, Mike, Mike, and Oscar.com. Been building that website for years, and I'm finally about to launch it, I think, soon. Uh, probably I'm the one building it. That's why it's taking so long. But uh, certainly uh, we're most active on Twitter at MN and Oscar, A N D. Always spell out the A N D to find our show and punctuate properly, I would say. Mike, <laughs> comma, Mike. Anyway, but Mike, Mike, and Oscar were everywhere. Uh, you guys may want to listen. And uh, I'm in awe of your website, by the way. And I'm taking, I'm stealing from it. And uh, it's, it's a marvelous job. And, and uh, everything you guys do is, is a lot of fun. And uh, I'm a listener and a fan, as well as a. Uh, thankfully a colleague so really appreciate this today yes sir hey we appreciate you man we appreciate all the kind words and congratulations for the website that's that's awesome yes that's uh-huh. a big deal it i people need to understand we're not website builders mm-hmm. no <laughs> but those we commercials, have to right those commercials that say it's so easy i mean I, look squarespace i love you i thank you for giving me the chance to build the website but it's not as easy as you say yeah yeah <laughs> Took me years. Yeah, I've been paying multiple years worth of subscriptions right now. It, yeah, it's still not it, long. It's cr- it's crazy hard. So I feel your pain. I built ours. So hey, I appreciate it. And yeah, it's 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 hard. I feel your pain. And I'm excited to see it launch. Um, so good at you for getting that well, done. Man. I've overhyped it completely. Like I went down <laughs> 17 rabbit holes and I failed 17 different ways. And now we're just gonna have like a catalog and, and some Oscar stuff. But yeah, it'll look much smaller than what i've make it made it sound like it's not no it's uh, gonna be great our website yeah. is point two like we had a first website and now we're at the second website second iteration so yeah. there's always these generations of websites <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that's what everybody keeps telling me you just gotta and launch it and then fix it and then it gets better you know like yeah, so yeah, yeah. good job oh, we good will job. mike mike and oscar.com coming soon thank you guys hell yeah check them out on everything uh again great stuff over there um yeah, thanks for for listening again. Thanks for Warner Brothers for the screeners access. Um, it was it was great, and uh, we were able to see it multiple times before getting down and talking about it and having an awesome conversation here. Um, yeah, if you got a second, we appreciate it. If you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, um, it helps us climb the charts, helps people find us. It takes like ten seconds. So if you got an iPhone or some kind of Apple device, hey, go ahead and leave us a review on there. We really appreciate it. Team, where can uh, the peeps find you? You can find me at Ezer Photo. That's E Z E R. And you can find me at Mohammed Shama on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, uh, Mike, Mike, and Oscar. You can find them at M M A N D Oscar yes, on sir. Twitter. 
A lot of fun stuff on there. And you can find me at the Raul Nevado, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us at Minorities Report Film on Facebook and at M Report Pod, Twitter, Instagram. Hey, be a part of the show. If you have a report, let us know. This is yours, Minorities Report. Peace. <laughs>